Great reading, thank you. Morning, everyone. So nice to actually uh, be back in the building. It's been so long since I've actually attended a live service in person. It's just uh, so much better. As you know, we've actually been going through a sermon series over the last couple of weeks called Walking with Jesus. And we've heard a couple of um, sermons so far. So the first one was on the cost of following Jesus. We then heard one um, on the topic of living it out and sharing um, that good news. And then last week, we actually heard one um, on loving our neighbor. And this week, as you heard in the reading just now, we're going to be diving into um, Luke chapter 12, and we're going to be covering um, the topic of worry and hearing what Jesus has to say about it. But before we get going, I just wanted to take a quick poll. Um, yes, some church engagement. Um, so get ready to raise your hand. I'm going to ask two questions. So the first question is, who of you in this building over the last week have had any thoughts um, or feelings of anxiety, worry, or stress? Yeah, I think that's pretty unanimous, everyone, right? Um, who of you have come to church right now having those same sort of stressful um, feelings or anxiety or worry? Anyone here? Again, a lot of people. It's it's so common. And I think that's the thing. It's really normal to worry. It's really normal to have anxiety and stress. But, but what exactly is it? Well, according to sort of clinical psychology, the words worry, um, anxiety, and stress, or used, although used very interchangeably between each other, they actually mean some quite different stuff. So worry happens more in our head. Um, it's more in our mind. It's where our thoughts dwell on um, negative consequences of things that could happen in the future. Stress is a bit different. It's more of our bodily response to sort of external factors going on. So, for example, maybe your, your palms are sweating or your heart's like racing um, or like mine, your pulse is just like going mad right now. Um, that would be more of that like physiological response. So that'd be stress. Anxiety, however, according to the latest Harvard study that came out um, from the medical journal, said that anxiety had three components. So the first component had um, that element that we saw in the mind from worry. Um, the second component was more of that physiological element that we saw um, from stress. But the thing that differentiates anxiety is not just the fact it has those two, it's just it has the third one, which is that emotion element that we often see that materializes in deep fear and depression. Okay, so we've covered, we've sort of discussed what it is, um, but I suppose I just want to almost put a caveat in here today, which is there's a huge spectrum, of course, of everyone um, and the way that they respond to these different things. And I think um, today's talk, when we discuss worry, anxiety, and stress, I'm talking more about that acute worry, anxiety, and stress um, that most of us experience in our day-to-day -day life, like on a weekly and daily basis. And I think the Bible and this passage has so much to say about um, more serious mental health conditions and that more chronic element um, and not necessarily acute. But at the same time, it is great to see mental health professionals about those things. I know it's, it's really useful and a good idea. But what are, the com sort of, what are the sort of common worries that many of us experience? Well, there's actually a big market research company called Ipsos. Um, and Ipsos run a study every quarter, really, um, to understand what are the big worries for the world. And their latest report is really interesting, actually. They aggregated all the worries across every country in the world. And I think you'll all be able to guess what was number one. It was COVID-19. And I think we've all probably been there at some point, whether it was the, the start of the pandemic, halfway through, 
um, or maybe even now, you're still feeling that worry. And number two was unemployment of the things people are worried about globally. And we heard from Praise, um, one of our students today, sort of talking about the job market and how hard it is. I think it's, gonna be, it's really tough right now um, out there, and people are really worried about jobs, whether it's losing them or whether it's just getting your first job. But there was another poll, actually, that was slightly more relevant um, to the UK market. So they polled people here um, within the UK, essentially about what are the top worries. And I think many of us will be able to associate with these. So one of them was um, general finances. Another huge worry in the UK is housing. Body image was really high in young women. Personal and family health conditions. I'm sure many of us um, are going through or experiencing some of that right now. And then finally, work demands. And one of these worries is probably yours this morning, statistically, right? I mean, you're probably struggling with one of these elements. And if you are, I hope you leave church today feeling strengthened, knowing that um, God's going to look after you and carry you through it. And I think the other thing is amazing. In our passage today from Luke chapter 12, God's word covers all of these worries in some respects. And I think it's amazing because 2,000 years have passed, but his word is still highly relevant in today's society with what people are worrying about. Okay, so what we're going to talk about today. So we're going to look at some context of the passage. We're then going to be looking at why we shouldn't worry, first of all. We're then going to look at how do we respond to worry when it inevitably hits. And then finally, we're going to be looking at how do we make some practical life changes to help us not worry. So a bit of context. If you look in your Bible or your phone, um, look up Luke verses um, 22 to 34 within Luke chapter 12. That was our reading today. And you'll see within that, um, if you look at the passage above, you'll see it's labeled the parable of the rich fool. And to give you a bit of background on this, essentially Jesus is in like a really large crowd of people. And then suddenly a guy comes up to him and says, well, he essentially brings up a squabble that he's having with his brother around the division of the inheritance. But instead of sort of diving in and trying to answer this guy's question and, and understand how can he sort of equitably divide up the assets between one brother and the next brother, Jesus speaks to this guy head on and addresses um, this guy's attitude towards money. And he uses a parable. And in the parable, he essentially, well, summing it up, um, a rich guy accumulates as much wealth as he can in his whole life. And he becomes really rich. Um, but at the end, he dies before he can spend any of that money. And what Jesus isn't saying in this passage is it's bad to plan for retirement. But what he has said in this passage is that neglecting life after death is disastrous. So Jesus now turns away from the rich man and to the crowd. Sorry, he's turned away from the rich man and the crowd towards his disciples at this point. And I think that's a really important thing to note. Because I think sometimes you read this passage and you think, oh, Jesus is essentially saying in the context of um, the rich fool, wealthy people shouldn't get too caught up with all the possessions and they shouldn't overthink money and finances, etc. But he's not necessarily saying that because Jesus is now addressing his disciples. He's turned away from that guy and his disciples have nothing. And the first couple of sermons we heard, we heard about the cost of following Jesus. And his disciples gave up everything. They were poor. They only had like one or two cloaks. 
Um, they didn't have too much food. They didn't know where they were going to get their next meal, presumably. So he's now talking to people who have pretty much nothing about the very human worries that are caused by not really having enough. I think we know, however, that in our human nature, we're never satisfied um, with enough, however much that we have. If you're wealthy, um, if you're poor here this morning, if you're somewhere in the middle, I think this passage um, really applies to us. But let's jump into this passage now and look at why we shouldn't worry. So let's look at verse 22. It says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about what your about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body is more than clothes. So what's the first thing Jesus is saying? He's saying believers shouldn't worry. And why? Because he commands it. He said explicitly here, do not worry. He's not saying that we shouldn't ever think about the needs of this life, like what we're going to have for um, Sunday lunch today, for example, or where are we going to sleep tonight? It's not like we shouldn't ever think about those things. But he really explicitly says, don't worry about it. But Jesus doesn't just make this command and leave us there and just say, I told you to do it, so don't do it. He goes on and explains. So this is the second point on why we shouldn't worry. Jesus says, God has our back. And Jesus uses a lot of illustrations, you'll see, from nature through the Bible, because he spends a lot of his time teaching outside, and it's no different here. So let's check out verse 24. It says, Consider the ravens, or the birds. They do not sow, and they do not reap. They have no storeroom or barn, and yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than the birds? Let's jump a couple of verses to verse 27. He says, Consider the wildflowers, how they grow. They do not labor and they do not spend. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. And I think although lockdown's actually been hard for for many of us, um, it's been great to get outside a bit more um, in the Bath countryside. I mean, we live in such an amazing place and there's so many amazing birds and the wildflowers, especially this time of year when they spring up. It's like, it's so special, isn't it? And I think, um, although these wildflowers and birds are really important and special for our ecosystem and in our society, they look great. The reality is, within our society, we value them pretty low, don't we? I mean, you often see... um, a bird lying on the side of the road. You often see flowers dying all the time, but people aren't sort of mourning over it or, or really upset, right? They're really relatively low down in our society compared to humans. So what Jesus is saying is that if our Father in heaven cares for these things and doesn't, he takes note of it when they spring up, he takes note of it when they die. If he cares for these things, how much more is he going to care for us? Because according to 1 Peter 2.9, God's followers are described as his chosen people, his royal priesthood, his holy nation, and his special nation, his special possession. I think the idea of of birdsong from this passage is really lovely, right? I think the the dawn chorus, we often hear that a lot, especially as it's getting summer, we're going to hear the birds a lot more. But when a bird starts chirping outside of your window at like four o'clock in the morning and wakes you up, it drives you mad, doesn't it? It's It's really annoying. Um, But the next time you hear a bird and it wakes you up at four o'clock in the morning, instead of sort of flinging up your window and trying to throw something at it to get rid of it so you can go back to bed, 
think God cares for you. He cares for those birds, and he's going to look after you. So Jesus says, don't worry. He says that he's got our back. And then finally, he says, worry accomplishes nothing. It doesn't do anything. So let's back up to verse 25 here. It says, who of you, by worrying, could add a single hour to your life? Jesus is saying it does nothing. It accomplishes nothing. Worry actually comes from the word to choke. And that's exactly what it does, doesn't it? It's a sort of emotional and mental strangulation on us. In fact, worrying is actually bad for our mental health. I love this quote from Corrie ten Boom. I'm sure many of you um, know her. She was a, um, a lady um, who was a Christian, and she actually, with her family, um, hid a lot of Jews during the Holocaust. Um, but she ultimately got caught, um, and she got detained in a, in a Nazi concentration camp. But at the end, her and her family came out, and she wrote this amazing book. And in it, and I'll make one of the quotes, she says, Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. And I think we can all attest to that, that worrying doesn't make the future any better. It's not going to fix anything. It only drains like the here and now and how we feel. So a quick recap on why we shouldn't worry. Jesus has said, don't do it. It's a command. He's then said, don't worry because God cares for his creation so much and you're his most treasured possession within creation. And finally, he said, worry accomplishes nothing. But what do we do when worry hits? And that's what I want to cover now. So worry is inevitably going to hit us, and I think we're all experiencing that either now or we're going to experience it in the current week. But what do we do? And I'm just going to use a little story here, and it's actually over the last, well, probably about a year ago, I was staying with a, a friend in London, and um, it was two or three in the morning, and I woke up, and it wasn't a bird outside the window. It was car alarms going off down the street, and I was like, what is going on? And I looked out the window, and someone was systematically breaking into a car, like one by one, going in and taking everything. And my first reaction in this crisis of looking out on it, I was, first of all, I had a bit of a panic. I was like, what is going on? I saw my car up at the end of the road, and I was like, oh, my, oh no. Um, but the first thing I did was look at my phone. I called 999, um, and the police came within four minutes. It's amazing. Um, and they actually caught the lady. But I suppose what I'm trying to say here is we have those automatically trained responses to different things that happen in our life, don't we? We have our, like, our go-to thing. And in the same way that my go-to thing in seeing like a robbery was to call 999, our go-to thing that we should do when we feel worried is turn to God. And that's what we're going to look at now in Philippians 4, verses 4 to 7. It's actually one of my favorite passages in the Bible. It's such a great, great section. So Philippians 4, verses 4 to 7, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious, and in some versions it says worry, about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. In verse 7, this is what God does in return. This is his promise. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind. 
So step one of what Paul's saying is step back. Rejoice in the Lord always. He's saying get perspective because rejoicing in the Lord essentially reminds us who he is and what he's done for us. And I think in some of the darkest times in my life, looking back to remember like how he's carried me through similar situations is really helpful. So getting that perspective um, really helps us. And the second thing to do when worry hits is to give your worry to God. Paul says here, pray about it. It doesn't matter if it's like a really big worry or if it's a really small worry. He says, let God know about it. God calls us his friends, doesn't he? And I think one thing we often forget is it's a relationship that we have with God. It's not a one-sided thing. And we've got to open up and share with God what's going on in our lives. So let him know about the worries that you have. Cast them on him. I love this quote from Martin Luther, um, the reformist. He said, pray and let God worry. He said, pray and let God worry. Jesus doesn't say that his followers won't get terminally ill. He doesn't say that his followers won't face poverty, and he doesn't say his followers won't face hardships in life. But unlike those that don't follow Jesus, Jesus says that his followers have a special privilege. And that special privilege is to cast all their burdens on him because he cares for us. And in return, he promises his peace. So don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. So having looked at what to do when worry hits from Philippians 4, let's now turn back to Luke chapter 12 to finally look at some practical life changes of things that we can do to help us not to worry. So the first practical life change we can make is building our faith. So let's look at verse 28 in Luke chapter 12. It said, Is that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And verse 28 here essentially indicates that worry comes from a lack of faith. And so the big question is, how do we strengthen our faith? And Romans 10, verse 17, has the answer. It says, faith comes through hearing and hearing through the word of God. So studying and believing God's word is how we grow in our faith. And a little story from my life. When I was in Bible college in Hawaii, one of the most, um, I suppose, one of the people I respected most out there was an elder called Eric. And he was like a really wise guy, um, pretty old, um, But suddenly, he went through some crazy life changes um, and some really bad stuff happened to him. Some of his close family members passed away suddenly. His career then sort of fell apart into tatters. And then finally, his personal health really started deteriorating quickly. It was really sad to watch. And I remember um, speaking to him um, in a Bible study once afterwards. And I said, "Um, how, how are you sort of so full of peace when everything around you is just falling apart. And I really remember what he said. He said, "Um, Ben, I've been walking with my father every day for 40 years now. I've just learned to feel his grip holding my hand all the way through it. And I know many people in church today are probably going through some, some pretty crazy stuff, some unimaginable difficulties that I suppose most people would be like, yeah, you should be worrying. I would be worrying right now. But if that's you, you need to trust God. 
You need to know that God is walking beside you through this. And you need to reach out in faith to hold his hand tightly and grip it through the storm that you're in. So other than building our faith, the final thing I wanted to mention on how we can make practical life changes to grow in not worrying. The final thing is taking the focus off ourselves. So verse 31, he says, but seek his kingdom first and all these things will be given to you as well. So take the focus off yourself. Seeking his kingdom first means putting God's priorities above our worries and trusting in faith that he'll then take care of those worries and our needs. Jesus is essentially saying, don't give your worries number one spot in your life. Put God's priorities number one and trust him to look out for those worries. So in conclusion, a few practical encouragements. Do not worry. You have a father in heaven who cares deeply for you and wants to provide for all of your needs. And when worry hits, remember, step back and get perspective. Remember who your father is and what he's done for you. And remember, as Christians, as his followers, he says that we have that privilege um, to cast all our worries on our father in heaven. And in return, he promises his peace. And I suppose a few practical challenges um, for you here today. So do you need to strengthen your faith in God? Do you need to learn to feel the grip of his hand as you walk beside him? And right now, maybe you have a lot of worries in your life. And are those worries occupying top spot? And if time, if so, I think it's God God's saying right now, it's time to put his priorities back as number one and then trust in faith that he'll look after your worries. Yeah, let's, let's take a moment just to pray this in. I wonder right now, what's the, what's the thing that you need to lay at Jesus' feet? What's the thing that's, that's bothering you? What's the thing that you're carrying around that's too heavy for you? What's the thing that you're not meant to carry? Father, we need your help. We fall into worry so easily. Help us to trust you. We give our worry to you in Jesus' name. Our stress to you and our anxiety to you, we give it to you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.